0: Today on the show, a litany becomes a feast, our bodies speak theology, didn't you know? Veterans teach us about virtue, our picks of the week, and so much more. The Catholic Underground starts right now. Well, hey, gang, it is time for the Catholic Underground. We are the podcast that tries to cut through the noise of the digital continent and bring you the topics that matter. It's episode number 408. I am Father Chris Decker. We are joined this week by, uh, really, uh, an A-Squad, can I Ooh. just say. Yeah, yeah. We've got uh, we've got Olivia Galino, who's, uh, who's at the other end of the table here. Yes. Olivia is a student of life, our resident Italian food critic, and human person.
1: And I am a human person. Hi, Sorry. Father. Yeah,
0: good to be with you. And uh, Matthew Hoffpower is a musician, an artist, and he is our resident polyglot, and he is here with us this evening filling in for kathleen when is notice yeah <laughs> I call you that pick a language any language yeah <laughs> kathleen is on assignment yes and so we've sent her away uh what well, not that kind of a <laughs> yes, way she's nah. just on we would assignment. never do that never ever let's go up to the uh to the satellite of wisdom to <laughs> jeff blackwell on the jeff star <laughs> one he is the technical director of the cu so that's why we put him on a satellite Hey, Jeff.
2: Good evening, Father. Good to be here.
0: Yes, indeed. And uh, Ed Ball is our video director. So if you watch us on the video feed, so for those of you who are listening on the radio or listening on podcast, you can always go to catholicunderground.tv to youtube.com slash catholicunderground or to facebook.com slash catholicunderground and you will find our grim visage (laughs) staring back at you. Mm. Uh, Ed makes it look pretty, though. Alrighty. Um, So I, uh, for a long time, and I suppose as long as I've been a seminarian, I'm not a seminary now, thanks be to God. But you know, <laughs> once a seminary and always a seminary. It's right? kind of true, a little, a little, a little bit, you know. Uh, but I remember beginning to pray the Litany of Loreto mm. um, as as a seminarian, and it's a really long litany of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and it's beautiful. It's all of the different titles of Mary: Mother most pure, Mother most chaste, Mother Inviolet, Mother undefiled, Mother most amiable. All of these, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, beautiful litany. Uh, well, as it turns out, there is, there's a lot more to just the, the Litany of Laredo. This actually was a whole big um, movement by the Blessed Virgin Mary to, to make her son's name known mm-hmm. by uh, a very kind of miraculous thing. So, Pope Francis has decreed that the Feast of Our Lady of Laredo be included in the Roman calendar as an optional memorial to be celebrated on December 10th. Okay, So, cool. what was once uh, just a kind of a little church. Um, in in Italy uh, has become quite a thing. So with that decree, uh, the optional memorial must appear in all the calendars and liturgical books, in the Mass, and the Liturgy of the Hours. And the the Holy Father said, "...this celebration will help all people, especially families, youth, and religious, to imitate the virtues of that perfect disciple of the Gospel, the Virgin Mm -hmm. Mother, who in conceiving the head of the Church, also accepted us as her own." That's what uh, the prefect um, of the Congregation for Divine Worship, Cardinal Serah, said when the decree was published on october 31st and i mean that's the thing mary is is uh the mother of god the mother of jesus the head of the church and so she welcomes us into her family as well yeah. now here's the story about loretto all right so um, a story. it is it, it's a beautiful <laughs> gather round children around the old campfire uh, <laughs> so so there's a shrine in a small italian town of loretto and in that shrine is the Holy House of Mary, mm-hmm. and it's inside of a little basilica, I say little, it's inside of a basilica. Tradition holds that the Virgin Mary was born and raised and greeted by Gabriel the Archangel at the Annunciation in, the, in her house, in the house of Mary. Now, you might be asking yourself, Matthew, Italy's not where Nazareth is.
1: But Italy is where all good things are.
0: <laughs> That's right, or all things so... end up, I suppose. So so the shrine recalls the mystery of the incarnation, uh, leading all those who visit it to consider the fullness of time when God sent his son born of a woman, as well as to meditate on both the words of the angel announcing the good news, uh, as well as Mary's response to the divine call. Um, supposedly, um, this holy house was, was uh, picked up and taken by angels from... Um, from Nazareth mm. to Loreto. that is that is that is the way the, mm. that the legend goes. Mm. Um, in the Holy House, before the image of the Mother of the Redeemer and of the Church, saints and blesseds have responded to their vocation. The sick have invoked consolation and suffering. The people of God have begun to praise and plead with Mary, using that litany of Loreto which is known throughout the world. Um, so that's that's the Holy House was brought from Palestine to Italy in the 13th century, according to. Uh, According to well, what we know about the the holy history of mm. the house of Mary in Laredo, mm. isn't that something?
1: Yeah. It's super interesting too, because around that time, you know, in, you know, teaching church history, and I'm, around that time, like that's when the Crusades were going on.
0: There was a lot, exactly, yeah, and there so, were all these miraculous things that were reaffirming mm-hmm. that uh, that Christ is King, right and, uh, and that, that, that his family, so to speak, are triumphant. And what's really quite interesting is in the 11th, 12th, and 13th centuries during the Crusades, how much the Blessed Mother shows up. Mm-hmm. Um, because as, as you know, the, the Blessed Mother is revered in Islam as well. Yeah, exactly. And so it's almost as if our, our, our Lord is saying by, by these images of Our Lady, these miraculous things, I mean, Fatima is another good example, yeah. uh, that, that Our Lady has an important part to play. And how those who do not profess Jesus as the Messiah and as God um, will have an avenue through her. Mm-hmm. You know, in fact, I believe Fulton Sheen talks about that, Archbishop Sheen says it's going to be our lady that brings Islam to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so we have all these beautiful things like in the 13th century mm-hmm. uh, that, uh, that we revere now today. In 1995, Pope John Paul II called the Holy House of Loreto the house of all of God's adopted children. Mm. And he said, I quote, the threads of the history of the whole of humankind are tied anew in that house. It is the shrine of the house of Nazareth to which the church that is in Italy is tied by providence that the latter rediscovers a quickening reminder of the mystery of the incarnation, thanks to which each man is called to the dignity of the Son of God. Of course, Pope John Paul II, now sainted, never minces words. Uh, you know, and, and I think that that's really one of the things we'll talk about a little bit more on the show today, is, is that it is in these activities of, of, of divine workings, uh, these activities of grace, that we actually learn through Jesus Christ who we are, right? And that's what, that's what the, the Second Vatican Council reminds us, certainly is that it is in Jesus Christ that humanity, that each man, each woman discovers who they truly are. Mm-hmm. And how much better to see that than in the life of the perfect disciple, as Pope Francis says in Mary.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So now it's on the calendar. Yeah. yeah. Which is a really cool thing. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, uh, it'll, it's on December 10th, so I presume, mm-hmm. I don't know if it'll be, um, it'll be translated into English but mm-hmm. uh, yet, but the, the prayers are certainly there. Um, and I hope that they'll be promulgated in English because mm-hmm. December 10th, uh, by our calendar, you know, wherever, wherever in the void you're watching us, um, December 10th is, is in my future. So, yeah.
1: uh, also like, that's past
0: a p- me can have looked back on this. <laughs>
1: I was just gonna say that's a that's a powerhouse week for like Mary and feast anyway because you have like Yet the Immaculate race. Conception, right? Which I think although this year is on a Sunday, right? So it's yeah, not I technically it's on the a feast, Sunday. You know. Yeah. It is, still, but it's not. But it is. It is, but I mean it's Mary. Oh. Um, and Her then day. we got Juan Diego and Our Lady of Guadalupe oh. at on the December end of the week, 11th, so now it's sandwiched yeah. oh, in between. Wow.
0: Hmm. I know, I never really I didn't put that together before today. Oh yeah. I and and of course that makes a great deal of sense because. One of the things that we're preparing for in Advent is that whole activity of the mm-hmm. stuff that took place in the Holy House, you yeah. know, the the Annunciation, the kind of the Mary's, shall we say, consideration of what all of these things mean, mm-hmm. uh, and then from that house to be able to to make the trek to Bethlehem, yeah, and then presumably in that house uh, where Jesus grows up, right, in in uh, in Nazareth.
1: Well, mm-hmm. I love that it's a it's a like a feast that surrounds a house yeah. because like a house is a place of safety. It's a place of, of comfort and a place of like recognition, you know? So like to have that be in association with Mary, I think is so significant because like I think fundamentally like existentially where people want to go most is just home, yeah. right? Even if they don't know where that is or what that looks like, that's right. you know? So to have a Marian feast that's connected to a house is like a really like a neon sign kind of pointing and saying like, this is what you're looking for, mm-hmm. you know?
0: And everybody wants to go home, as you say, and and how beautiful it is that uh, in in this kind of because if you look at pictures of the of the holy house, it's now kind of encrusted with uh, right. the, these marble structures, these marble bling. carvings. Yeah, yeah, Catholic bling. But then itself, it is inside of a right. basilica, yeah. And so it's basically a church inside of a church, in which there is a house that also has a church in it now. Yeah. And so you get this sense, kind of this nesting doll effect that. That we we are in the home, um, the the universal home that is the church, but that's also something that's kind of comfy and cozy, mm-hmm. and I think that's really what we we want to see is is that there is comfort to be found, in in our house, the church. Yeah, you know, uh, I think everybody wants to know that, and especially in a world that, I mean, if you think about the 13th century where the Crusades were happening, and everybody in the uh, in in that part of the world, in that time in the world, we were uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, uh, and that's mm. putting it mildly. And then you look at today with the, the tremendous amount of discomfort that comes from really humanity's loneliness. Mm-hmm. I think that's where a lot of our discomfort comes is, is that in the moments of silence, we no longer um, allow God to tell us who He is. We think in those moments of silence, we have to tell God who He is. Mm. You know, that's kind of the, the great fallacy of, um, of the, the post enlightenment. Oh, my sounds are on. Uh, and, and and so now we have the ability to go into a home and find comfort mm-hmm. and to know that in that home the comfort that we find is in Mary's yes and in the sanctuary lamp in the tabernacle
3: the presence of Jesus there uh, so' I'm, I'm excited for this feast I'm looking forward to it yeah yeah, yeah. I think it's also kind of cool you can think about how um the time uh, versus the um, the place right so you have Mary's house was moved by some angels into the same country Mm -hmm. that like the, that Jesus is kind of like centralized his house of the church mm-hmm. yeah you know, designated then, that this will be the
0: place here yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and then yeah. and
3: then the feast is in the same month as like christmas kind yeah. of you know it's kind of
0: cool. so even that yeah, you're yeah. kind of finding shall we say a home in december yeah as well like as a that. home geographically in in italy yeah uh, as well some, as the home yeah it's the nesting the doll christmas thing right yeah, 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 yeah. The it does it adds extra warmth mm-hmm. to yeah. that month oh. Cool. Um, Thanks, Pope Francis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And very, very um, glad to see that for sure. And it's one of those things that amidst of all the, the stuff that's going on uh, in politics and in religion slash politics, uh, it's almost missable. And so it's always important to bring up those sorts of things. And that's why on Catholic Underground we try to do that, right? We, we don't um, we don't follow and, and toe the line of, of you know... Uh, Pope splaining and things like that, as I call it. But rather, <laughs> whenever something uh, that, that you kind of kind of gets past you, that's what we want to share. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people will ask that. Well, Catholic Underground, what do you do? Well, we share the things that nobody else wants to share. Yeah. Uh, because they they kind of miss them. So this is hopefully one of those things that uh, that you don't have to miss now. Because I there. like
1: that description. I'm going to use that. There you go. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah we we uh, cut through the noise and find the still small, small voice. voice. Sometimes the still small voice is uh, is an important story that you need to to do a, a deeper google search on mm-hmm. you know and uh, and i think that uh that's important for you so that's that's why we're here you know one of the things since we've got a couple of seconds here uh we we briefly introduced matthew um but i i, th- I think we should i should get to know you a little bit better because i have a feeling ladies and gents that uh, you might be sitting in that chair every now mm-hmm. and then when when kathleen is, is you know on assignment mm-hmm. which by the way mm-hmm. she's in the chat room she says checking in Aww. a few minutes before our talk. She says looking good sounding good so
3: we, all miss right, you. All right, right. we do.
0: We miss you. Hey, you so, look good, too. Yeah. Yeah. From our vantage point. You're beautiful. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. do. Yeah. So. So, Matthew, well. uh, what do you do? I, I mean, I, I introduced you as a musician and as an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's just uh, kind of
3: just a little ice pick Cracking of the iceberg. The surface, right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah, I'm a musician. I I'm the lead singer of an uh, Rock and roll band, a mm-hmm. cover band. Yes, yeah, we play the oldies and goodies. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Um, oh, Jeff's already uh, interested. Yeah. Up on oh, yeah. the Jeff Star One, yeah. He wants oh, to have yeah. a jam session. I can tell. You can oh, uh, broadcast some of it up there to you. Yeah, there you Bring go. It. He prefers you <laughs> a narrow cast. We probably do. <laughs> yes. Oh, a so. narrow cast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is. Yeah, that's my specialty. Yeah, yeah, uh, I do that. I I do that. That's one yeah. of the things. An art. Art. I um I love drawing mm-hmm. and I do a little bit of painting when called upon to do so. But mm-hmm. I like drawing better. Um, I feel your pain. Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram. Um, yeah. at the perks of being a Hoffpower. Uh H o f f p a u i r. That's correct. So for those of you who who may not be uh you know German but spelled your name French you know yeah yeah like me Hoffpower
0: yeah. Yeah. It's only supposed to be two syllables, but <laughs> <laughs> you give it all three. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fantastic! That's and exciting. so uh, we're happy to welcome you to the Catholic yeah. Underground. Uh, happy you. to have you yeah. as an undergrounder. Happy to be here, not like backstage. I've been in there before. He's been That's in the rafters true. before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have we have uh, kind of between camera two and three. We have an itty bitty little spot that we can
3: kind of slide a, a fully grown nestle. person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So um, I used to sit there and try to keep my knees out of the shot. That's <laughs> right, yeah. It's, no. it's our own little yeah, house of Laredo right there. You know?
0: Yeah. I don't know if you've seen the pictures of, of the Holy House of Laredo, but it's a very small little chapel. It's
1: little tiny. It's yes. very
0: tiny. It's kind of like the Porziuncola. Yeah,
1: uh, in, yeah. I um, mean, I've never um, been to Laredo, Sisi. but that's what the pictures, I was Googling while we were talking. Yeah, yeah. Of course, and of course. it looks very cozy. Part of our time
0: honor tradition here is to Google while talk, yes. you know. I just did that. Yeah, there You right in. Yeah. That's right. Uh, so we hope that you'll be celebrating the litany of as Laredo as well as that feast that's coming up in the church here. Make sure, well, if you're going to Google something, because we know you are right now, Google the Litany of Loreto, L-O-R-E-T-O, and uh, and you'll find those beautiful titles of Our Lady that can then become part of your regular prayer. Um, Remember that uh, you can never love the Blessed Mother more than Jesus did, and he loved her. An infinite amount mm. so um, so love her by asking her intercession there's one thing that we also hope that you would do and that is to, to kind of just get okay with the fact that we are the Catholic Underground you can, uh, free dancing is, is allowed in a yeah. little Catholic second dance Christ. party it's okay here are on the Catholic Underground you are indeed listening to watching uh, imbibing in some way the Catholic Underground we are online at CatholicUnderground.tv. TV. We're also on all the social media, uh, so you can get us on Instagram. My poorly updated Instagram feed, Catholic Underground.
1: Yeah, uh, where was Inktober? I oh,
0: man, Inktober, don't start. Okay? <laughs> 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 can always count on Jeff up there, yeah, to get my back. I really wanted to do no, Inktober. I know, I know. I so I'm, wanted to do Inktober. I know, I'm sorry. Uh, the beginning of October <laughs> it came and went, and uh,
1: there's always Ink December.
0: I, yeah, I guess I could make up my own thing. Now, somebody... For,
1: yes. I forget. For. It might
0: have been the folks at Church Pop or something, but uh, they did a kind of a... Now, so for those of you not familiar with Inktober, Inktober is uh, an artist does an inked drawing every day as a way to kind of hone your skills in, mm-hmm. um, in ink drawing because it's a very... Um, scary thing to to make something permanent right with ink um but there was a group that did a catholic version of inktober Mm. and provide catholic prompts for each day and i might i might do that next year i might Mm. or i might just start a new month i don't know yeah Mm. there's no rules i don't want to completely rip it off i'll probably just do it in october next year anyway our picks of the week are coming up uh, but first we thought we'd talk a little bit about the theology of the body and the
3: language of the body because Mm -hmm. that's a thing Your body speaks language, right? Yeah, body language. We know about body language. A lot of times, more powerful than other forms of language, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. verbal. Not, you know, not entirely in terms of like there's different strengths for each. But like, but yeah, no, I mean, who you are like speaks more, uh, less mediated. I think through Mm -hmm. your body. Like Mm -hmm. when somebody's saying something, they can like they can make a stop in their brain before they get to their mouth. Hopefully, but that could be used. (laughs) you know, for good or for bad. You <laughs> Hopefully. Know? Yeah. yeah. You know?
0: And and that, uh, necessarily spills over into the way that we, um, we pray the way that we kind of hold ourselves, uh, in, in, um, in those modes of worship, you know, exactly. as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Yeah. The, the, you pray with your body for sure. You, um, you should. Um, and I think you are, if you don't, even if you don't realize it, um, like for instance, I can't so, I mean, an obvious example is like, I can't always, if I'm really tired, I can't sit to pray mm-hmm. on a chair that I can lean back on, you mm-hmm. know, or like I have to be a few degrees removed from like a position where falling asleep is, you know, or just, getting going to walk happen. Around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But even beyond that, like on a deeper level, um, you, you, there's, there's this phenomenon where you, you know, you. You smile when you're happy, but you also are happy when you smile. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like there's a Shirley Temple song that I—that <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> was my childhood. Um, <laughs> oldies, you know. Yeah, too, yeah. we're aging ourselves here. <laughs> slightly. Yeah. yeah. Shirley
1: Temple is timeless. <laughs> first of all, <laughs> it's true.
3: Um, yeah. Uh, the th- 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 same thing goes for for prayer. Like there's there's uh, there's a way of expressing reverence that you already feel with your body, Mm -hmm. but there's also a way of like letting your body lead and your, your mind and your heart Mm -hmm. will follow that, that lead Mm -hmm. with your body. Like what you do with your body, um, in prayer, like in mass or in church, as you, as you genuflect and you put more effort into thinking about what am I doing as I'm genuflecting? Like who am I genuflecting to? Mm -hmm. And you do that with more intentionality. And even sometimes, even if you can't get that far, it's just like, I'm just gonna do it a little bit slower, which gives myself a little bit more time to think about what I'm doing, Mm -hmm. but also just like the fact of your body doing something in a way that's like the way that you want to pray Mm -hmm. um, can do a lot, like more than you realize to to help you to get into that mode of prayer. Mm -hmm. That's right, yeah. I, I think about one of my friends who was a Benedictine monk
0: and he was a convert. And he came from this uh, kind of heavy Pentecostal background. And, uh, and so, I mean, talk about praying with your body, right? The, the Pentecostal movement is very much uh, involved with praying with the body. And, um, and as he would genuflect, he would always genuflect in, in such a very direct uh, incredibly recollected way, where it didn't look like it was exaggerated, but you knew that he was praying in the midst of that. Mm-hmm. and then whenever he would make the sign of the cross, it was always very it was geometrically at at right angles. I mean, it was mm-hmm. very, very distinct. and it wasn't so that we could see him doing it. it was because he was praying as he was doing it yeah. and we saw it you yeah.
3: Know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah yeah, yeah there's um there's a there's a lot of, i think possibility to. Feel bad for maybe some of the more like for Catholics as they age, you know, and mm-hmm. they can't kneel as much. Mm-hmm. Like there's in some people' a mentality. <laughs> Hi, up there in the, <laughs> in the Jeff stuff. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't yeah, intending yeah. for me to say uh, that yeah, out I loud. <laughs> <him>. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, but. Uh, and uh, and there's no reason to feel badly about that. No? I mean, like- Although a lot of people do, they say, "Father, Father, I can't genuflect no more. Yeah, I'm like,
0: well, yeah. Please bow, please <laughs> yeah. bow." Yeah. And when you bow with everything that you've got, no matter if it's a, a small bow or a mm-hmm. profound oh, bow. Man. Give it all you got, yeah. Captain. because yes. because there is it's speaking theology by the way that you're worshiping. Mm-hmm. That's Right. I think that was Beautiful. a subtle Star
3: Trek yeah. reference. You wouldn't have picked that up. Anyway. I've, yeah. Um. You, Matthew. So the point the point is it's not yeah it's not about like judging or like sticking to certain rules like, mm-hmm. um, but God does care about, um, our bodies, mm-hmm. um, in a, in a very positive way. Mm-hmm. You know, not not to be not to think about it in a negative way. Like God cares about. Yeah. if you mess up with your body, like right. if you don't do right angles. It's, like, yeah. <laughs> it's not about that, but it's like, um, he created us with uh, a body and that gives us an extra way to like get into prayer, you know, yeah. and he always works with us. The sacraments are, um, are always physical, you yeah. know, speaking things, but also like motions and like where you're sitting, kneeling or standing or whatever. It all has something to do with helping you to enter into a receptive mode to receive the grace that that's being offered to you. So uh,
0: yeah, oftentimes we forget about that. Is that the the motions of my body in prayer? Mm-hmm. Um, I may actively be doing something, but it's to help make me receptive. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like saying the rosary, right? Where the rosary is an active thing that I'm doing, mm-hmm. but it's it's enabling me to become passive so that I can receive the graces that God wishes to give. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. They um they talk about like putting your hands open in prayer, you know, and and it's it's not always like all the same. Like for everybody, like not mm-hmm. everybody's going to going to like vibe with kneeling as much. Mm-hmm. Um but there's a there's just a caution, there's like two things I would say, which is like uh, cuz I I knew a guy in college who said that kneeling felt kind of fake mm-hmm. almost to him. So he wanted to be like real with God, he would always sit. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, hopefully he would get into like kneeling a little more maybe as a because you have to kneel a lot. Yeah, there's the, some liturgical yeah. things so, that you ought to do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. part of that is like you're expressing with your body the fact that the church is a body, like a corporate body. Right. She like, does move together yeah, in her yeah, liturgical worship. True, right. right. Mm-hmm. So that's important. And it, it helps you to like feel one with everyone. You know, like mm-hmm. if you start breathing in the same rhythm as someone, you know, it can help you to kind of like connect with them on a deeper way than just like thinking about it could, mm-hmm. you know? And then the other thing, um, the other thing that goes toward that point, um, if I can remember what I was gonna say. It's okay, you're doing great. You're doing Thank great you. so far. Yeah. Thank you so much, Father. Thank you, Father, and with your spirit. Um <laughs> Yeah. The, the other thing about kneeling, I was gonna say something about kneeling, right? Um yeah. yeah. Uh it's 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 definitely not well all about when when trying to just choose a posture for your personal prayer. It's not mm. all about like what makes me most comfortable necessarily mm. if you are like agitated you want to do something that like gets your nerves down um or something but uh but also it's not all about being comfortable it's more about um like the your relationship with god in some way it's more about um uh i mean could you think about the example of like saints and you you look at Stained glass, or you mm-hmm. look at paintings, you always see saints with their hands like mm. pressed together. Yeah. yeah, you know, kind of in impossible
1: uh, like angles that. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
3: well, sometimes yeah, there's impossible angles, and that might be you know the the development of art through different styles. But oh, okay, um, well, could be could be artistic license. <laughs> I yeah. wouldn't know. Yeah. I but wouldn't you know. you almost never see the saints like with their fingers crossed, uh, and then there's mm. there's nothing really wrong with that. But it's, yeah, you you never see <laughs> them kind of in a relaxed posture of prayer. Mm. Is what you're saying, right? Yeah. Uh, sometimes when
0: we see the stained glass windows, we can see something that geometrically, like the 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 you know the the Fibonacci sequence is perfect. Mm. However, <laughs> yeah. uh, whenever we pray, we think that we have to do the same thing, mm-hmm. but but we really don't. Uh, even there is is even some variance within our, our um, kind of corporate liturgical worship too. It's you true, know, true. we don't have to keep our hands together unless you're my altar server. We don't have to <laughs> keep our hands together, you know, pointed upward, but we can. We can. There are some there's some movement that helps us to kind of find that that
3: authentic way to pray. Yeah. yeah. Cuz I mean it's just even in the little thing that you're doing with your hands you're you're putting more thought into it or intentionality yeah. into it and and kind of trying to like point yourself toward It if right. it helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and that's the thing even as a priest um,
0: the, the rubrics are 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 kind of very lax these days about what how you hold your hands whenever you pray. But I um, I always note that whenever I'm holding my hands together Uh, And as I'm folding one thumb over the other, I'm doing that and and consciously making a cross, Mm. you know, and, and just those little itty bitty things remind me that I am at prayer. Yeah. And not only am I officially at prayer, but I'm I'm praying privately at Mass too, you yeah. know? Yeah. And I kinda sometimes I'll bring those things into my private prayer as well. Because they do they speak our body speaks that language. We speak it to God, mm-hmm. we speak it to one another, and our own postures speak to us. Right. And right. and kind of teach us as well.
3: Yeah, that's
0: it. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah. St. Maximilian Kolbe said, When you kneel before an altar do it in such a way that others may be able to recognize that you know before whom you kneel,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know? And that's exactly right. And our yeah. postures help with that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's yeah.
1: Good. And they, I think they continue to teach us about who we are, right? Because like John Paul says in the theology of the body, he talks about the spousal meaning of the body. Yeah. And I think like you can extrapolate from what he was particularly talking about to like the, the, like the fact that we are the bride of Christ as the church. Yeah. Yeah so yeah so like that when you're drawn out of yourself in prayer you become more of that spouse or reminded of who you are that's
0: right Ooh, we could keep going on but we have to stop right there we are the catholic underground we'll be right back after this Welcome back. You found the Catholic Underground with me, Father Chris Decker. We've also got Matthew Hoffpower, Olivia Galino, Jeff Blackwell. Our picks of the week are coming up a little bit later. But uh, as we uh, celebrate this uh, well long weekend for some, it is a long weekend because of Veterans Day. Mm-hmm. And uh, as as we say, um, all gave some, some gave all. You know, and uh, we thought we'd talk a little bit about. Uh, what goes beyond just, uh, you know, knowing and, and recognizing our veterans for their service, but realizing that uh, kind of piggybacking off of the notion that, that our bodies speak theology, the witness of one who has served in the military uh, also begins to teach us about virtuous living. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the actions that a, that a soldier um, performs just by virtue of the fact that they must protect, serve, and defend, uh we actually are able to extrapolate from that Christian values.
1: Yeah. So oh, we thought we'd talk exactly. about that. Yeah, exactly. I mean I think that we first have to start by realizing that it's not like we're trying to like spiritualize, you know, a secular holiday, right? Mm-hmm. But realizing that like we are the church militant. We are. Right? The church has three kind of divisions of who she is in her oh, person. Oh, yes, platoons, if you, you, know, you will. <laughs> platoons, right? So there's the church triumphant, right? Those are the saints in heaven um, with uh, God and the angels. Um, and then you have the church suffering. So that's the, the souls in purgatory who are promised heaven, but who just aren't there yet. And then there's us, the church militant. Right, and I I always like okay, not always. I am intrigued by that now. I was confused by that for most of my life. Like, Mm. what does that
0: mean? That
1: I'm some kind of like soldier? I don't know. The idea of like being a soldier for Christ kind of made me uncomfortable Mm -hmm. because I don't have like a military bone in my body. So I was just like, I don't, I don't know how to live that. Right, Mm -hmm. but I think that by reflecting on our veterans and how we see that in it, like uh, through their lived experience of the life in the military, we can understand, okay, there's a, there's virtuous living here that is applicable to us mm-hmm. just as human beings, but also in the way that we live in the church, right? Um, and it kind of all comes from this, this section of the Gospel of Matthew, not this Matthew, yes. um, the Gospel of Matthew that I'm sure you will um, recognize because we say it every Sunday at Mass. Um, so this is the the centurion who approaches Jesus outside of Capernaum. Right, a
0: centurion's a soldier.
1: Right, a centurion yep. is a soldier um, who commands a hundred men. Right, the the cent in centurion is the hundred. Right, yeah. so he's in charge of a hundred men. Century. Yes, um, a yeah, hundred years. Centani. It's also
0: a toast. I don't know. No.
1: What is that? Okay. Anyway, um, he's trying to distract me. So, um, so the centurion approaches Jesus and says, Lord, um, and this is, I I love too, that he approaches Jesus at the edge of the town, right? He's like, Mm -hmm. you don't even need to come into the town. I'm going to meet you here. I know that you can do this. Right. He says, Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, suffering dreadfully. Jesus says, I will come and cure him. Right. Jesus is like more than ready, ready. Go. Yeah. He's like, yes, let's go show, show me, the me your
0: threshold. Yeah. I will cross it.
1: And the centurion is the one who says, Lord, I am not worthy to have you enter under my roof. Only say the word and my servant will be healed. Mm-hmm. Right. So he says, like, no, no, no. Like. I'm not worthy for you to come into my home, but I believe in you, and I believe in the power that you have to heal my servant just by standing right here and willing it.
0: A Roman centurion who was not, presumably, not a Jew. Yes, and uh, and had no reason to recognize the lordship, the messiahship of Jesus Christ. Right. Um, defers to him as a commanding officer, basically.
1: Right. Well, that's what he says. He says, For I, too, am a person subject to authority, right? Because he was not like the the grand poobah of the Roman military, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, With soldiers subject to me. And I say to one, go, and he goes. And to another, come here, and he comes. And to my slave, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, Amen, I say to you, no one in Israel have I found such faith. I say to you, many will come from the east and the west and will recline at the banquet in the kingdom of heaven, um. Yes. 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 And then he says to the centurion, "You may go as you have believed. Let it be done for you." Right. So I, I love that it comes down to at least what I see here is it comes down to like will, mm-hmm. right? Like the the centurion's appeal may seem kind of strange to us that he appeals to like his authority, right? Or like he when he um, he listens to the will of his superior yeah. and his subjects listen and he to his will
0: himself to the will of his superior. Exactly. And then that goes down the shall we say, the chain of command.
1: Exactly, yeah, so he's more like disposed to conform himself to the will of Jesus, right? This man who he really like has no cultural reason to believe is who he says he is, except for he has faith, right? That that gift, that grace, that gratis of faith. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, I like that word disposed though, because like the the example of like his, his military discipline and his very human virtue there, it's just it's a it's a it's a way that we can see that um, any virtue virtue anywhere can become Christian virtue, you know, mm. and that the, right. the, the human development that he's undergone with his training and everything, and just living his life well as a soldier, translates uh, into a, a maybe a more openness to faith, the gift. of That's faith. a really interesting point because yeah. when we talk about the virtues, many of them are natural, natural virtues, virtues, meaning
0: yeah. that. That, that they can be, um, they're they are brought about because of our will, yeah. because of our desire to do the things that are good, true, and beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting that, that he, he, that's the point of connection with, with the Lord. Mm-hmm. He says, well, I'm a man who's able to exercise these virtues. Uh, you obviously have people that, that, that uh, you're in command of, and so you obviously are a virtuous man. And so they meet on that level. Yeah. And I really find that interesting because, you know, if, if I think about men and women that I've known that serve in the military, uh, they, they look at me not as a religious leader, but um, oftentimes they'll look at me in the same way that this now that I think about it that the centurion does mm-hmm. and so we're able to meet even though we may have a different Christian background, mm-hmm. we are able to meet on that same level. yeah that's hmm, oh, Matthew's mm-hmm. giving me something to pray about yes. Well wow.
1: he tends to do that <laughs> yeah comes. So kind of looking at those natural virtues that then transpose themselves into Christian virtues, virtues, um, you know the first one that we maybe we can identify maybe the most obvious or the, the the easiest to come by which is just obedience right like mm-hmm. that's that's what a soldier is that's what a soldier does is uh he obeys right and that comes down again to that conforming of the will right but that's a choice it's not like it's not like slavery right it's a mm-hmm. it's a choice yeah whenever um, you
0: when i submit myself to to uh to this mode to being mm-hmm. a soldier to saying yes i will serve yeah then it necessarily <laughs> means that that i'm going to be able to uh assent with my will to the one who has authority over me yeah there's a trust that comes with that ability to be obedient
1: yeah and i think it also like the the key point is like the recognition that there's a value at stake yeah that we have to participate like we have to to have order we have to have rules in order to protect that value so like in the in the instance of the military you know the the value is you know the freedom of this country the the protection of this country and its people that kind of thing right Mm -hmm. excuse me but in in really in any case when you have like obedience like um you know uh, the obedience of a of a child to a parent right mm-hmm. the child doesn't know why the mom says don't go out in the yard right the child can't see the snake that's in the yard right right but if the child is obedient then the child trusts like you were saying like trust in that like I mean obviously not explicitly but like trust in the fact that the mom is is working towards the aim of like the the good of her children which yeah. means their safety yeah so um and that requires if his she, obedience
0: even if she doesn't see the snake she perceives a danger right a potential danger oh yeah and Mama's so be into it that's right that's very true that's right you can't stop them from into it.
1: you cannot
0: yeah that's true so so obedience is is an important uh, not just lesson but virtue that we can learn from those men and women who have served and served well
1: Yeah, exactly, Um, and like you know, thinking about it in the in terms of the military, in terms of our veterans, you know, think about their obedience is is really paramount, right? Um, It's the starting point and the ending point because people die if orders aren't followed, right? If you have people going rogue, thinking that they know better, um, or that they can see the whole situation when they really can't because they've been given the information that they need to operate, not the whole picture, well then people get hurt, right? Yeah. Um, So they they have to rely on information. From a higher authority um, who has been given a complete picture or a more complete picture, and that, and they trust. Right, it comes down to that trust again. Mm-hmm. That okay, well, if I'm conforming my will to this person, it's because this person sees more than I can, and I'm going to play a piece in in that and working towards that final value that we yeah. all recognize is good and is paramount.
0: And that's not easy. Uh, obedience, uh, I mean, speaking as somebody who, uh, who is, is subject to authorities over me, right, as a, as a priest and as a pastor, it's not always easy when, when you don't see all of, the, all of the pieces to the puzzle, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you simply have to say, um, well, yes, Your Excellency, in my case, yeah. you know. Uh, and and trust that there is a larger plan at work, and one that will be for your good as an individual, but also for the collective good of what the bishop, or what your parents, or, or what your authority figures, your teachers, uh, or what your commanding officers are trying to get you to do. And and uh, that kind of an obedience is something that is is a natural virtue, but then is also informed by the divine virtue of of charity and of faith. Yeah. Right. Those things that are given. Those virtues that are given to us by God.
1: Yeah. Exactly. And so that like the centurion, you know, he understands, too, that he again, by virtue of faith, like we're saying, and trust, he understands that Christ has a bigger picture. Christ can grasp more of the bigger picture. Christ can grasp all of the big picture um, because he created it. Um, But but that Christ can see more than he can. and, And he's good with that. Right. He submits himself to that. Um, He recognizes this man of authority, a particular kind of authority, and that he has a power outside of the natural order, right? he can't see that realm. He can't see on that level, right? But he can rely on that higher authority when he asks Jesus to heal his servant. Um, And so his obedience is not misplaced just because he can't fully comprehend what he's asking Jesus to do. Right. Right. Um, And then that
0: connects to the next thing.
1: Yes, exactly, which is humility, right? Um, So the centurion is aware that he's in the presence of a power that's beyond his understanding. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, which is good, right. That's a good place to start with. It probably reality. freaks him
0: out a little bit. Yeah.
1: Oh, I'm sure. Which oh. I mean, I can understand like the, maybe the, the natural impulse when you have like, um, like, I don't know if I had like someone coming over to my house, that's like super you know important or big deal. Even if it's just to me, like if, if my house wasn't clean or something, mm-hmm. I would no, 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 just stay here. Just, just, the yard's very nice. Just stay. <laughs> just right. stay.
0: The outside of the town has a park. We'll be exactly, there. Yeah. Exactly. Right.
1: Because you you have this desire to like give um give homage where it's due or to give um respect where it's due in every way that you can, especially like, especially in including like material things, right? So this man realizes on a spiritual level and like a material level, like, okay, this man is in an order that I can't fully comprehend, and I know that I'm not that. Yeah. So I I'm gonna make accommodations for Mm -hmm. that, that, that distance. Right. Um, even though Christ is like wanting to close the gap, right. Which is, I I love, um, Christ is just immediately like, well, yeah, let's go. I will
0: will come and cure him. Exactly.
1: Um, and And he says, I'm
0: not worthy that the centurion says, I'm not worthy. That's a very, uh, shall we say loaded statement, Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I I am unworthy for you to come under my roof.
1: Yeah. But I I think, um, you know, this reminds me of a a homily that we heard once um, about humility, right? Humility is not like this. De- this debasing of the self—it's not just like focusing on the negatives, things like that. But humility is rejoicing in one's littleness before God, mm-hmm. right? So, so this this man is humble. This centurion is humble, and you can almost like feel a sense of rejoicing. Like, yes, he's saying that he's not worthy, mm-hmm. but he's in the, the same breath. He's saying, but you are, yeah, right? Yeah. And he rejoices in the fact that he can appeal to this greater authority to fulfill his need, which is not even for himself, mm-hmm. right? It's not even a need that he has for himself. Um, and he, he can see that like, he, he sees truly, right. He sees that he has a certain kind of authority and that he does it well, yeah. presumably. Um, but he also can recognize that like, that's not enough for this current situation. So yeah. where can I turn? Right.
0: He, right? Can't, he can't heal his servant.
1: He can't. Right. Um, and so, you know, he goes outside of himself in a remarkable way. He's not even a Jew. He's not uh, any, he, he's, he's a pagan, right? He's mm-hmm. a Roman centurion. Um, and so he goes to this man, Jesus, to seek healing for his servant that uh, right
0: there is an act of
1: humility exactly
0: as you remember Jeff of course uh, the word for humility has come from the word hummus which means close to the earth
2: oh I thought th- wh- I thought that was what you ate with Peter bread it is <gasps> ah, yeah. oh it's what a, a discovery like yeah.
1: it is yeah. also it is yes. um, yeah. I agree um, about
0: my hummus that's why I like hummus <laughs> yeah, keep going sorry <laughs> because yeah. of humility yeah
1: because it reminds you to be humble that's right those um, who eat
0: hummus can, cannot help but be humble yeah
1: Sure. I, um, I never
0: eat hummus uh, pridefully, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> gluttonously maybe. Keep going, sorry. I didn't okay. mean to interrupt the, yeah, the flow I like,
1: here. I know I like your, your snack diversions. <laughs> um, so another kind of virtue that we see in the centurion is courage, right? Yep. Um, because he recognizes, he he rejoices in his littleness. He recognizes that, that Christ is able, in a way that he doesn't understand, to heal his servant. And he's got the courage to ask for it, yeah. Right, because I mean, it's one thing to to recognize that this man can do um, this God man, right? Can can do what he would need him to do, and and to have the humility to say that I can't do what I need him to do. Yeah. But there's that missing piece, right? If he doesn't actually do something about it, right? Yeah. If he doesn't have like that, um, what was that movie with um, Matt Damon and they they had a zoo? We bought a zoo, right? And I, the only thing I remember from that movie is like. I don't remember even what he was trying to do, but he said something like, if you just have like 20 seconds of insane courage, mm-hmm. you'd be amazed at the things that you can do. And I, that's what I kind of like feel or, or sense when I, I read this story about the Centurion it's just like, yeah, like he had that 20 my, seconds yeah, of insane my ser- courage My servant is dying. yeah he,
0: he is he is worth more to me than simply his service. Yeah. who do I go to? And if you think about it, a lot of a lot of parents and a lot of soldiers, I would mm-hmm. imagine too. Um, they're like, who, who do I go to because I can't fix the thing? I can't do this. Mm-hmm. And, and, and to be able to appeal to God, uh, it's, it's really something. You often hear that cliche that there are no atheists in foxholes, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I think part of that is, is because the, the soldier, by, by the virtue of what they must enter into, huh, going into the fray, being on the front lines, very, very uh, real, very literally, uh, to, to be able to, to appeal to, uh, to God. Because there is no other way that this situation will sort itself out, mm. and and the centurion is not just humble, but he's also courageous. Right. Um, the the uh, the soldier is not just humble; uh, they are also courageous. Yeah. Because those are not mutually exclusive. You can be both
3: because you are humble. You can become courageous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's also got some gratitude going on, maybe like if mm-hmm. he appreciates his servant. Um, that's perhaps the yeah. linking verb yeah, there is, yeah, is, is the true. gratitude that joins humility yeah. and courage. Yeah. Because like, because I think like he's a servant, so he understands like the, like his servant on that level. And mm-hmm. so that, that gives him some, some humility that, mm-hmm. and also just like, um, you know, he recognized that even like he can serve his servant. Like this is, he sees a greater good and he knows a greater good when he sees one. Cause he's always serving a greater good himself. And so, um uh, you know, hmm. and, and he recognizes, like, I'd like to be, like, recognized for my service. So he already has this love for his servant, I think, probably because of their bond there. Mm, and yeah. so that kind of just feeds into the... It's really interesting, too, because
0: if you think about um, one of the, perhaps one of the dangers... Now, I, I've never served in any of the branches of the military, uh, but if, if you think about the potential danger of a commanding officer to see uh, his, his uh, those underneath him, his, his soldiers, his infantry, uh, as simply objects for him to exert whatever his will, whatever the mission is, mm-hmm. there can be a, a, a great temptation to, to dehumanize mm-hmm. the ones who serve underneath me. And yet we see in this centurion, um, his, his, his ability to see the humanness of his servant, mm-hmm. you know? and presumably uh, he would be the same way with, with his infantry, yeah. to be able to see their humanness, to, to carry out a mission, not just because it's an order, but to be able to carry out a mission because it is good. You yeah. know, hopefully, hopefully, good for the Roman Empire, but you know, but but good. It is a good in and of itself. Yeah. And so that uh, that draws him into perhaps the the, the final thing here, right? The, yeah. the heart of charity. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, as you're saying, gratitude. That's that's a function of charity.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, even what you're saying about the ability to see the person mm-hmm. and then to not use the person, but to sacrifice yourself for their good. Yeah. Or to subordinate both of yourselves to a greater good. Right, and that's what
0: when we talk about when uh, we talk about those veterans who have died in service of our country we talk about that as the ultimate sacrifice Mm -hmm. and i don't know if people always make the connection that we call it the ultimate sacrifice because it was christ's ultimate sacrifice Mm -hmm. you know yeah Uh, not just because they died in service of the country but because it is a direct one-to-one witness of Christ's death on the cross.
1: Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, and that's why we place such a, um, a high, when I say value, I don't mean like, like monetary value, but like a, such a high, like existential value on the martyrs, right? Yeah. The blood of the martyrs is the seat of the church, right? Mm-hmm. Because what are they doing? They're paying that price for Christianity with their life, Yeah. right? And there's no greater sacrifice. There's no greater gift that you can give someone than the gift of your life. Right. And we'll, we experience that in, you know, the vocational life, certainly, um, just in whatever you know state of life people enter that gift of self that full yeah. gift of self the
0: laying down of your life in whatever mode that is exactly right? yeah. yeah
1: and then even like we were saying like as the as the body of the church right we we are the spouse of of Christ we are the bride of Christ as the church who is the bridegroom so when we give of ourselves in uh, in the context of that relationship well it's a spousal relationship yep. um, and it can't be a partial gift of self right? We can't chop ourselves up into discrete parts and say, Jesus only cares about this stuff, right? Jesus wants all of it. Mm -hmm. Um, and that takes recognition, um, that, you know, we are something, we are good, we are worthy. Um, and because Christ looks at us in love, right? That's what he does for the centurion here. And I feel like that, like the charity and courage pieces are almost like intertwined because I feel like Christ's gaze must've been like super encouraging. You know what I mean? Like encouraging in the, like, real sense of that word yes like it must Christ's gaze must must have been so loving that it gave him that courage to go outside of himself for his servant right Mm -hmm. who otherwise would have died
0: yeah exactly whatever that entails right Uh, i am a man with men subject to me i understand how authority works Uh, i'm coming to you and willing to give you whatever it is that you need yeah for this good to be done on behalf of the one that i am now laying down I'm laying down my reputation. I'm laying yeah. down all my authority here. I'm laying down everything, yeah. uh, just so that you would speak the word.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's that's the other thing. Like he recognizes that there is power in in the command given. Mm-hmm. You know, because I mean, that's what a that's what a, a commanding officer does, right? Uh, I don't care how you feel about it. Uh, this is the command. Yeah. The the word is spoken. The order is given. Go and do the thing. Yeah. And and he recognizes that in Jesus, and that's what we recognize too. Um, before we receive Holy Communion, Uh, Mm -hmm. but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. Mm -hmm. Uh, If there is anything that is is venial, that is upon my soul, that, that will prevent me from this moment of communion, then speak the word now, Lord so that I can approach you yeah. as that centurion approached you yeah. with full faith, with full courage, with full humility, with full everything, so that I effectively, though I'm coming forward in the communion procession, I am prostrating myself before you to do whatever it is you will do. And if you think about that, that is also a one-to-one relationship uh, with, with uh, those who serve in the military, is mm-hmm. that they're not just war machines, but because you who, who serve in the military are capable of all these natural virtues, uh, you can teach us about charity. Absolutely. You can teach us what love is just simply by your service. And so uh, if nobody has told you this today, um, it sounds cliche, but no, thank you for your service because yeah. there's more at work with the work that you do. It's not just simply the the kind of the day-to-day filing papers and running drills and this and that. No, no, uh, you teach us actually how to be better people because you, you can teach us what virtue is all about just simply by, by punching in And by doing what it is that you're called to do by by following those orders for a greater good that is bigger than yourself Uh, uh, so thank you thank you for all that you do to all of our our veterans out there um all all across the world you know those who fight for the side of good and the side of what is true and what is right and dare we say beautiful um that's uh that's that's what being a soldier is and that then informs us how we are supposed to be part of the church militant yeah absolutely Oh, well, we we did go farther afield there, but I think it was worth it uh, for for sure. I could talk about this all day, y'all. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, It's part of that show, a part of that time that we like to call the
1: CU Pick
0: of the Week. I know I messed up the intro, but it's okay. It's all (laughs) right. We forgive you. It's how we work. It's how we roll. Uh, Matthew. Uh, me first yeah you're oh you're, you're sitting in Kathleen's seat That's right so. and it oh, yeah. is only
1: right and just that it's I true. pale in comparison to someone <laughs> 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 that is
0: great okay so I so your pick it. of the week <laughs> is it animal <laughs>
3: vegetable or mineral it is vegetable oh there wow, yeah I'm glad, I'm glad I got it right it, yeah. <laughs> yeah and and a little bit of mineral maybe okay too, who knows. Um, uh, so vitamins my is. pick <laughs> of the week is the stank eye, which what? is... Just, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very useful social uh, construction. I'm kidding. Um, no, my pick of the week is... <laughs> is uh, I get
0: the feeling that there's some uh, subtext with Olivia going on. <laughs> uh, or with uh, Kathleen. All right. <laughs> um, or is it the
3: name of a coffee? <laughs> yeah, no, no. yeah, no. actually, no. Um, yeah, that's kind of close. My actual pick of the week is um, the Montezuma's dark chocolate, absolute black, 100% cocoa Whoa. chocolate bar. So oh it's, my.
0: yikes, that's, I've yeah. never heard of that level of cacao in a bar. Absolutely,
3: 100% cacao, yikes. or 100 of cocoa, your if you will. That doesn't, that <clears throat> yeah. doesn't, that doesn't, that doesn't seem edible. There's, it's quite <laughs> edible, actually. I know, uh, maybe not <laughs> to some people this yeah. Time, but, uh, but yeah, I, um, I've d- developed a liking for dark chocolate in yeah. my uh, short lifetime, mm-hmm. uh, 28 years, and, um, <laughs> I've uh, I, I just recently you can buy these at our Trader Joe's at least um, mm-hmm. in in uh, New Orleans and in, in Metairie but I don't know if they I've never have, looked at ours yeah well I they haven't. have these they're nope. like just Montezuma's absolute black 100% there's there's two um, there's two ingredients one of them is Cacao nibs is the second ingredient, which is these little, the little itty-bitty. The little like yeah, and they act as like little crunchies mm. in the texture. Oh, wow. Who right. doesn't like so a crunchy in a bar? Right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. crunchy in a, uh, two crunchies walked into a bar. Remember, and, I'm, um, <laughs> they, and then the other ingredient, the first ingredient is... Chocolate liquor, but it's uh-huh. not a it's not an alcoholic. It's just hyper condensed chocolate Right. Yeah. Like liquid mm-hmm. is is the you know, the same root uh, there. I'm um, the mm-hmm. polyglot here So <laughs> and, and that's what it means. Um, I had to look that up because I'm on hole 30 right now and we oh, can't have alcohol But I was like can I have this there's no sugar ah. and it's and it's really um you you like a quarter of a bar Is a serving size and I ate a quarter of a bar one time while I was staying up late doing homework. Is it a bit much? Uh, you might say so, but I would not. I thought it was lovely. Um, and, uh, and it's actually energizing kind of, yeah. Like, I mean, there's a little bit of caffeine. There's also some other like stimulants and natural chocolate powers. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite, uh, it's quite something. And then the fact that there's no sweetness in it means you could maybe put it in some savory things, like make sauces out of it. I don't mm. know. Mm.
0: Do what you will. Uh, Olivia,
3: we won't allow you time for a rebuttal, but we will <laughs> yes. allow
0: you time for your pick of the week.
1: Allow my face to be the rebuttal. <laughs> no, my pick of the week are um, some these reusable produce bags. So I always, um, you know, like, in good conscience don't want to like waste all these like produce bags for buying like one avocado, one tomato, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I found, um, we'll link to them in the show notes, um, I found these reusable ones that are just made of this kind of fine mesh and they have little drawstrings and oh. you can wash them. Nice. Um, so I bought them and I put them with like the stuff that I'm supposed to remember to bring to the grocery store when uh-huh. I bring my own bags, but I never do. So anyway, so hopefully that'll work. But um, Do they yeah.
0: extend the life of the produce at all?
1: I don't think that they're those kind. I think it's they're more just, just like to save, you know, from all the like... Um, Throwing away all these like tiny plastic bags, yeah. yeah. Yeah,
0: I like that. Oh, so you use that in place of the yeah. the, the
1: little, yeah, the little ones of that are po- you spend you spend five minutes trying to like get mm, it. That's a,
0: true yeah.
2: enough. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Jeff, your pick of the week. I'll make it quick because I yeah. want to hear about yours. Oh yeah, Tommy Ty. I had an opportunity mm-hmm. to uh, uh, visit with him on the radio this past week. Yeah. He's a Catholic husband, father of five boys. He's an author. God love his. Wife. He's great on Twitter. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. And, and his Twitter handle is. The GH is silent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because his last his name is, is spelled T I G H E. Right? Yeah. So <laughs> it's funny. Tommy Ty. He's got a really uh, cool show called Repent and Submit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, Friends and, on look, Catholic TV. <laughs> ah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and yeah. listen, you can find him uh, at CatholicHipster.com. He just came out with a new book here. In fact, if you look up Catholic Hipster Handbook, yep. you'll see a real cool picture of a saint. Oh. And these That's handbooks are about. Yeah, saints, as a matter of fact. Cool stories about saints.
0: That's right, yeah. I I just, in fact, got the Catholic Hipster Handbook, uh, The Next Level, the second book. Yes,
2: yes. And I'm getting ready to read it and review it.
0: So take that, Ave Maria Press. I'll be be (laughs) reviewing that shortly. Uh, My pick of the week this week is my book of the church's year. Now, you probably have seen on social media these little graphics. Uh, It's a book from the 1940s by a high church Anglican, Enid M. Chadwick. And it's of illustrations of the entire church year, really beautifully done. Yes. If wow. you like, uh, if you like illustrations that are that are period, um, this is a great little book. It's finally been reprinted after a very long time. We'll put the links in the show notes and also a link to the pictures in the book, and you can decide whether or not you want to buy it. This would be great for your kids, mm-hmm. and it's great for those who are. Illustratorly minded like uh, myself and perhaps like Matthew Hoffpower, who he sits is. to my left. He You're is. right. Um, so, so there you go. That's, that's my pick of the week. And, um, and I'm really excited to kind of thumb through it in the church's year. Now, be advised, this is the old calendar. So there are some, uh, some saints that you may not recognize, oh. but that you probably should get to know. Mm-hmm. You know. Very good. Yeah, nice. very good. All righty. Well, you know, uh, Jeff, we are always very grateful for our viewers, our listeners, our benefactors, those of you who have been praying for us since 2006. Yes. When we first started this shindig. And uh, Jeff, uh, we're always grateful for him.
2: Absolutely. Have mercy. Put your hand on the laptop. Yes. <laughs> this week, the Catholic Underground is possible because of people just like you. Join the growing number of Undergrounders at slash donate. Also, an important way to support us is to like us, heart us, star us, and share us on your social media platform mm-hmm. of choice. And a big thank you to Ed Ball for taking out the trash this week. There you go, yeah. You know,
0: what you can also do is tell your friends. Uh, podcasting is one of these things that you tell your friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you like it, so recommend us to them. That would be great for sure. Already, our panelists this week have been uh, Matthew Hoff Power. He's our resident polyglot. Thank you, Matthew.
3: Thank you, Father. <laughs>
0: yes, indeed. Olivia Galino is at the.real.omg on uh, all of the handles. Uh, thanks, Olivia. Thanks, Father. Yes, indeed. Our technical director is Jeff Blackwell at Jeff Blackwell. on the Instagram and Twitter. Thank you, Jeff. Always a privilege, Father. Our research assistant, the employee of the month, is Jim Hayes. Uh, our video and graphics director is Ed Ball. And you know me. I am Father Chris Decker. You can follow me on all the social medias at Digital Catholic. We hope that we've helped you cut through the noise and find that still small voice. You're the Catholic Underground. We're Faith Gone Digital. And we'll see you next time.